When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply the golf so the players championship has been regarded as the fifth major it's decimated because of the defections to live the defending champion cam smith our very own is not there the commissioner jay monaghan was part of a very lengthy press conference today almost sort of state of the nation stuff here's rory mcelroy jay monaghan and john Rahm on the absence of cam smith and key players from this the players championship would it be better if the defending champion was here this week? Absolutely. But he made a decision that he felt was, was the best thing for him. And, and, you know, he knew that decision was going to come with consequences. And, and one of the consequences is, uh, is right now not being able to play on the PGA Tour. Listen, Cameron Smith had a great performance in 2022. He, he was a, a deserved champion. Um, and... You know, I think as I look to this week and I look at, you know, the field that we have here and the strength from top to bottom, I think when we leave here on Sunday night, we're going to crown another deserving champion. You know, to answer your question directly, yes, it's awkward. Um, but, you know, ultimately that's a decision he made and we've got an unbelievable field here there this week and a history and tradition that one of these 144 is going to go seek to get. Some players made a choice of going to a different golf league knowing that they weren't going to be allowed to play here. And yes, this is a massive event. It's very, very close to a major quality event, but still a PGA Tour event. So uh, with that regard, no. Right? He, he's, I don't think just him should be allowed to be here. Evan Priest is on duty at this tournament. He's the PGA Tour reporter for Golf Digest. We've spoken to him a couple of times in the past. He was in that press conference. In fact, he was asking some of the key questions. Evan, it's great to have you back on the program. Thank you, Jared. It's good to be here live at TPC Sawgrass, getting ready for a uh, massive players' championship, elevated you know, $25 million purse. Nice work if you can get it, and uh, <laughs> it's all fired up, albeit without the defending champion, but... The show must go on, and uh, it's yeah, looking forward to a good week. It's been such an interesting build-up, which you will have lived firsthand. We've been watching it here. There's been extensive coverage, and then we've just played some of the the commissioner's press conference. More than a, an hour of of questions regarding um, the the current state of the US PGA and and Liv's influence and all. Put us inside inside that press conference, Evan. Yeah, it was an interesting one. He, he fielded a range of questions from reporters from all topics, from, you know, obviously live golf to the schedule changes, which are quite drastic, that are coming into effect for the top players and the top um, events next year. Um, at, at times it was, you know, a little bit tense, but it was probably, you know, he, he was probably thinking he got he got off lightly in terms of the, the, the grilling from the press room. Um, and he sort of, he released some details, but some questions sort of remain about how these, that the top, you know, 12 events on the PGA Tour are going to look and feel next year. But uh, there was also a question from myself about, you know, just the, the complications of not having the defending champion, our own Cam Smith, um, not being here, having to plan an event without the defending champion being there, but also the fact that he lives in the area, just just what that's like for the PGA Tour commissioner. And uh, 
I thought he handled that answer well enough. He, he said that, yes, he acknowledged the truth, that, yes, it's a little bit awkward. But at the same time, you know, he'll always be the player's champion. Um, and we celebrated his win. And it's just sort of we have to move on from here and, and, and focus on who is he. So it felt like there was sort of the element of state of the nation about it. How fascinating are you finding this phase in golf around reform that is coming? That there's clearly influence from the rebel faction. How are you reading it all? Yeah, I think positively. I think, um, you know, whether you like live golf or not, you have to acknowledge the role that it's played in reshaping the PGA Tour and, and for the better. Um, you know, the, the prizes are up. But, top players are getting together more often and it's been one of the more interesting um, sort of periods in golf, modern professional golf. It's For, for a long time, the, the media pack were worried about how, how do we sustain the interest in golf up, you know, in the post-Tiger Woods era, especially now that he's he's that heavily injured. He's only basically playing the majors and going forward, how, do, how are we going to create interest in, in golf? How do we get non-golfers sort of paying attention to what's happening on the major tours of professional golf? And, and, and live, live Golf came along and sort of caused a Massive divide that's got everyone in every household around the world talking about this huge fracture in professional golf and, and the drama and, and who's jumped across to live golf. And it's, it's been a fascinating time. Probably never a better time to be a golfer, to be really yeah. honest. There's never been more interesting stories to cover. So it's, I, I really don't see an issue. And I, and I sort of have really enjoyed the past 12, 18 months. It was interesting to listen to Rory McIlroy. It was yesterday who has been the most strident. And he did... He really did feel like he softened his position, acknowledging the the good that would be done from um, from a setup that that he has really um, stridently opposed. Exactly, you know, I, you're right. He's been the most vocal critic of of Luke golf, and and obviously just just hates the idea of it. But he also is a realist. I don't think the PGA Tour would have reshaped itself the way it has unless it was for the threat of that live golf coming along. So he and he knows that you know without that that the purses might not be up. They wouldn't be getting the top players getting together as often as they are this year and next year, and, and they wouldn't have innovated the product. They keep calling it the product uh, as much as they have it. You know, competition forces innovation and change, and that's exactly what's happened in professional golf. And I think. Everyone's the better off for it. Those who have golf, and also those who have stayed on the PGA Tour, they're they're playing for almost live money. So it's been you know all round the the changes have been positively received, and it's it's sort of a fascinating time to be involved in professional golf. Yeah. So is there broad acceptance of what the PGA has planned with with the changes to cuts at the feature tournaments and the like? No, definitely not. I mean, certainly for the top players and for the fans. Uh, it, it's a win. You're obviously going to get. You're going to know what what events the top players are playing next year, how much they're playing for. Um, that that also helps the networks negotiate TV deals. It helps the tournament sponsors, um, and it creates certainly a buzz and, and just a high quality leaderboard almost week on week. But in terms of the rank and file players, they're not happy with you know obviously a, a bunch of top players kind of deciding their fate, if you will. But at the same time. I think the PGA Tour for too long was, was too democratic and allowed some of the lower players who aren't bringing any dollars or any ticket sales through the door to have too much of a say and, and they had too much of a voting right. Whereas it, it was getting, it needed to be, the, the power needed to be put back in the, in the court of the uh, of the top players who really do bring those TV sponsorship, you know, sponsorship deals, TV deals and, and fans through the gates. And I think now that you're seeing, you're going to see, what really will be two tours on the PGA Tour and, and, and probably for a better, but also at the same time, 
you know, those those rank and file players, they'll be they'll be able to play their way into these top events, and it will create interest among those kind of lesser events in between these little gaps of huge events, um, and it kind of creates another storyline for uh, the fans to get behind. It. So, Evan, this edition of the players, this was the tournament that had progressively been anointed as the fifth major. You point out it is without its defending champion. I think it's five of the top ten from last year. Is this the tournament that gets hurt most by the split, knowing that the full fields will be there for the majors? Yes, yes, correct. For so long, it was really looking like this was becoming the fifth major championship. Um, and But it's, it's sort of now... Feels like it's maybe take, taken a step back in terms of the majors have have remained Switzerland, they've remained impartial, and at least for this year they won't ban with golfers. And now that you know there's a clear line of demarcation between the majors and the players' championship, which is probably not a good thing for the tournament. And also to, to what you just said, yeah, correct. Five of the top ten from last year's leaderboard, including the top three, Cameron Smith, Anubhan Lahiri, and Paul Casey, but also 31 golfers from last year's Players' Championship are now playing on league golf. And that's that's a huge chunk of the tournament, 144 players. And, and of those, you know, 31 have gone to a rival tour. That, that's massive. And, and obviously, among those 31, our own Cameron Smith, the legend himself, the defending champion, um, you know, living 15 minutes away, but not, not teeing it up as a defending champion. So uh, it's, it's, it, it, it was a bit of a, a hit to the tournament, for sure. But at the same time, there's still nine of the top 10 players in the world are in the field this week. It's still going to have that star power. It just, it'll just be missing the interest from the likes of you know Cameron Smith and Bruce Kepka and Dustin Johnson and some of those star players that we love watching, especially for the Aussies with yes, Cam. Yes. So tell me this, Evan. It's been such an interesting year already. There's the Dubai tournament, so Rory and Patrick Reid, and then we've got the players where the, the lead-up as this has been all the debate and the discussion. What do you think the environment and the prevailing mood is going to be at the majors as this year unfolds and the fields come back together? Yeah, I, I think to answer your question in a short version, it would be early in the week and then as soon as the tournament tees off, quite you know, back to normal. But then like we saw in Dubai, there was there was obviously a lot of tension pre-tournament when when Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed had a bit of a you know awkward sitting there when when Rory didn't acknowledge Patrick Reed's greetings on the driving range. But at the same time, it then it then cools down, and then if two two um, rival players, you know, one from the PGA Tour and one from Live Golf, do end up having to be at the top of the leaderboard, it creates you know must-watch television. Really, that that final round in Dubai was absolutely incredible for sports fans. Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed going head to head, and Rory McIlroy coming out on top. And if that shakes out at you know arguably the biggest golf tournament in the world, the Masters or you know, the, or the Open Championship for that matter, it'll be absolutely massive. But on top of that, just the interest um, in that 17 lead golfers will be playing in the Masters, and of those, you know, there's several former champions of the Masters like Bubba Watson, Charles Schwartzel, um, and Sergio Garcia, and, and a few other guys. And, that in itself creates mini awkwardness, you know, among the champions dinner where the, the past champions get together and have a very closed doors dinner and celebration and a few red wines. So it's going to be really interesting. And if anything, it just makes the majors that much more special and interesting and sort of um, essential viewing. And the battle for superiority. Do you think each tour will, well, it's hard to imagine not using it as some level of propaganda if Liv was to produce one of these major champions this year and, and probably vice versa, the sense of superiority of the PGA if if their players are, are able to win these titles? It's a difficult one. You know, obviously, I don't think 
one live golfer winning a major championship would be any form of superiority. What I would say is it would definitely help live, live golf's cause if one of their guys does end up winning one of the four major championships because it would sort of prove that, you know, these guys are still great players, even though they've left arguably the most competitive golf tournament or golf tour, I should say, in the world, if they can still compete at the major championship level, it's, it sort of speaks volumes of, okay, well, the, obviously the Live Golf is a good enough training ground for the majors. Uh, and if they don't win, I, I do think that would maybe, you would, some fans would feel like Live Golf has maybe taken a step backwards in that sense. So that, that's, that's a very interesting battleground that you, that you bring up, um, you know, in terms of Live Golf versus the PGA Tour. Those four majors are going to be really interesting to watch as they unfold, whether, whether you know, Live Golf can sort of stake its claim as um, arguably one of the best tours in the world. And what you're about to see is Sawgrass has such a hold on us. Anyone who had the the computer systems growing up and played PGA golf, our favourite hole, our favourite course was always Sawgrass. So I love watching it in action across this week. Seven Australians in the field. Jason Day looks looks resurgent at the moment. What what are you what are you anticipating this week? Uh, from the Australians, I'm I'm, I'm lucky to said I'm really feeling Jason Day at the moment. He's coming in hot. Hot off, I think it's four straight top tens on the PGA Tour. So he's he's really finding some of that form that saw him, you know, absolutely dominate in 2015 and 16. Um, and and this is of course uh, a tournament that he won back when it was in May and it was a little hotter and, and maybe firmer and faster back then. But uh, now that it's back in the calendar month of March, it's a different golf course. But at the same time, Jason Day has all those good vibes here. He won here in 2016. He opened with a course record equaling 63 and and really set the place on fire. So I, I, I like him as our leading Aussie this week, but we've got some great prospects. You know, we've got Harrison Endicott is, is a really promising up-and-coming player from Sydney. He, he's really loving the fact that he's here for the first time. And, and of course, Adam Scott, who won here in 2004, he's always got good vibes here. And I think he's had uh, about 50% of his starts at TBC Sawgrass have been top 10. So it's a place that he loves. It rewards his elite ball striking. And I think uh, our seven Aussies are going to do us proud this week. Terrific. Evan, it's great of you to take our call. I really appreciate it to get your insights ahead of this week and on the the broader uh, landscape of golf, which is utterly fascinating at the moment. Enjoy the tournament. Thank you, Jared. Thanks for having us on. Evan Priest on the ground at Sawgrass, PGA Tour reporter for Golf Digest.